888-835-2414. That's not as good as my wife. But anyhow, this is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 295, we're going to be talking about how to be productive in a social media-dominated world. Just, I'll just let that sink in. Because you know what? I've come to realize that too much social media is not necessarily a good thing. So we're going to deal with some hard facts. Facts about what happens to our brains in a constant state of distraction. Facts about multitask, multitasking. Facts about social media addictions and more. We talk about whether you need to be on social media to grow your blog and what steps you can take to limit the negative effects of social media while taking advantage of the benefits that definitely exist. There's going to be some ranting. I just want to let you know that. But, you know, this is something that I've been thinking a whole lot about and I'm taking some steps to fix certain problems that I'm seeing in my life. So productivity and social media, that's what we're going to be talking about today. How are you doing? You know, I got to apologize for that intro of me singing the 888 number. Normally, it's my wife and it sounds beautiful and all that stuff. But my wife is out of town and she has my iPad and the iPad has the nice toll free song on it but i don't have it on my phone so i couldn't i couldn't do it today so i had to improvise i hope i hope you made it through you're still alive and you're here ready to get some value because we're going to be talking about a kind of a tough topic at least i i think it's a tough one because it's one where you know we're kind of forced to face the reality of what's going on i mean it's 2017 right now and I want to say right up front that I love social media. I, I, I absolutely love social media. Facebook is my social network. of I almost said my drug of choice, but <laughs> my social network of choice. Um, and I see so much value in social media. But I want to talk about it today in a different way than you probably expect on a podcast about blogging and building an online business because I've been forced, not forced, I've been forcing myself to to deal with the reality of what is happening. Now, I want to paint a picture for you. Um, And some of my days have looked like this. I don't know if your days have ever looked anything like this, but I'm going to still paint a picture and we see where we go from there, right? So, it is, uh, let's say it's 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning, I wake up. And the first thing I do is I pull out my phone and I open up Facebook and I check to see what's going on. What did I miss in those 6 to 8 hours that I was sleeping? And, and once I catch up on what's going on, I, I go and I use the restroom and do all the stuff that you do when you wake up in the morning and all that good stuff. I take a bath uh, and then, you know, I kind of... I have my phone with me, right? So, you know, I go ahead and pull it out and check on social media again, see what's going on. Maybe I check some email as well. 
Um, and, and then I, I get to work. And while I'm at work, you know, I start doing what I'm supposed to do. And then every so often, more often than I'd like to admit, especially in the past, I I just wonder what's going on on social media. And then I'd switch from whatever I'm doing. I go on social media. I go on Facebook. I check out um, uh, Twitter maybe. I check some email again. And then I get back to what I was doing. Uh, Eventually, I have lunch. And while I'm eating, uh, sometimes I eat with my family. And every so often, I check social media while I'm eating. And then I get back to work. And, you know, I check some more social media. Uh, and, And there's this constant state of distraction that I'm faced with because of social media. Now, I don't know if this is any, if, if, if this is vaguely familiar to you, I mean, maybe you're the kind of person that is just constantly focused when you need to be focused. You, you're very strategic about how you use your social media. And if so, I applaud you. And over the last few weeks, I've been doing a lot of reading. And it has changed a lot of what I do during the day and made me much more productive. And I want to I get into some of that with you today. Uh, first, I want to talk about a, 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 a formula that I always like to refer to. I, I think I made this formula up, but it's based on a formula that has not, that, that's been around for a while. You see, when I used to teach at a high school, science and math, one of the classes that I taught was physics. And one of the equations that I taught the students is the equation for pressure. And if you want to calculate pressure, yes, we're going to get a little mathematical and physics-y here. (laughs) But if you want to calculate pressure, what you do is you take the force and, uh, and divide it by the area. So if I'm applying a specific amount of force to a specific area, I am exerting pressure on that thing. Now, to, to, to help my students understand it, this is how I would um, uh, uh, do it. Because the, the main concept that I'm trying to teach them is if you change the area or you change the force, you're going to change the, the pressure. And if you take the same amount of force and apply it over a smaller area of pressure, uh, a smaller area of focus, you're going to have a significantly greater pressure. Now, this is how I illustrate it. I'm going to take my fist right now. I'm, I'm going to ball up a fist right here, and I am going to hit my thigh. All right, so I just did that. And you know what? It hurt a little bit. I could feel it, and, you know, there was some pressure because I took a certain amount of force, and I hit my thigh, and, you know, it, it hit a certain area of my thigh, and there was pressure. Now, if I did the exact same thing, I, I take that same fist, and I go to hit my thigh again, but instead of hitting my thigh directly, I put a needle between my fist and the thigh and apply that same amount of force. I guarantee you, I'm not going to do it right now because it wouldn't be pretty because I guarantee you, I'm going to scream like a baby. I'm going to scream like I'm giving birth. It's going to be bad. There's going to be blood. It's, it's, just, it's not going to be a pretty thing. And the reason for that is because although the amount of force I applied stayed the same, I focused that force on a much smaller area. And by doing that, I increased the pressure dramatically, drastically. And that is the reason for my pain and my screaming like a little baby. Um, it, it, it's just that bad because if you change the area, 
with the same amount of force, you're going to change the pressure significantly. Now, the equation that I made up, uh, or at least I think I made it up, is similar to this. And that is impact is equal to effort over focus. Impact is equal to effort over focus. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you've probably heard this before, but it's the exact same concept. If I apply the same amount of effort to a smaller area of focus, in other words, I am significantly more focused, I have a greater impact. And for me, you know, with my tagline, changing the world one blog at a time, that's really what it's about. It's about having an impact. And how do you have that impact? By taking your time, your effort, your energy, and focusing it on a few high-value tasks. And the smaller that area of focus, the greater the impact. But this is something, focus is something that I've struggled with. And I think, you know, we all struggle with this to a certain extent. Now, I've been reading a book. I told you I've been doing a lot of reading, but there's one book in particular. It was recommended by a a good friend of mine, Gideon Shalwick. And the title of the book is Deep Work. It's written by Cal Newport. And, man, (laughs) this book has really changed the way I look at what I do on a day-to-day basis. Now, the premise of the book is this. Deep work is one of the most valuable skills you and I can possess. And while it's so valuable, and while this value is increasing, it's becoming increasingly rare. Deep work. Now, what is deep work? I want to define this for you. Deep work, according to Cal Newport, is this is uh, being involved in professional activities that are performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limits. So, in other words, it's that ability to focus in on some really high-value tasks that pushes your cognitive capabilities, your ability to think, your ability to process, your ability to make decisions. It's pushing that to the limit. And he says that these efforts create new value. This should sound familiar if you've been listening to me for a while. But it also improves your skills and are hard to replicate. Now, One of the key things in here that I want to focus on is two words, distraction-free. Distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. Now, if this is becoming so much more valuable and it's also becoming so much more rare, then if you can perfect that skill... It makes you more valuable. Now, instead, what we often do is what it calls shallow work. And this is how he defines that. Non-cognitively demanding logistical style tasks often performed while distracted. These efforts tend not to create tend to not create much new value in the world and are easy to replicate. So we are losing our ability to perform deep work 
and we're spending significantly more time on shallow work. Oh, man. You know, when I think about this and when I think about how my days have been, especially in the past, I've made a lot of improvements over the last few weeks and actually even months. But when I think about it and when I think about what I see online and the amount of time we spend on social media, when, when I think about when I go out to eat and I'm in a restaurant and I see everyone, we're having conversations, but we're kind of distracted with our devices. When I see you're waiting in a line and everyone, once again, distracted with these devices. Now, I, I, I want to emphasize here. I am not trying to understate the value of these devices. I love these devices. They enable us to do, they enable me to do what I'm doing today. And because of that, I love it. But if we don't keep it in perspective, it can rob us of the ability to do the kind of work, the deep work that really provides value, creates value in this world. Now, here's the thing with social media and distraction and how we form habits of distraction. There are three stages. There are three things that happen that kind of reinforce the habit, this habit of distraction. And he calls this a habit loop. Now, here's how it works. There's a cue. And this cue may be boredom or frustration or maybe, you know, you're working on something and you get kind of distracted. So that's the cue. Then there's a routine. That's where we switch to some kind of Internet distraction, whether it's social media or email or some game or news or browsing these sites online. We go to Facebook and we see, hey, the top news is what Donald Trump said about this or what this actor said about this or what this person was wearing. And we go and we check and we're clicking around and we're clicking around. And all of a sudden we're down this rabbit trail of stuff. So there's a cue. There's a a boredom or frustration or distraction. There's a routine where we switch to this internet distraction. And then, and this is the part that makes it as powerful as it is, there's actually a reward because we get a feeling of relief. We get a little bit of fun, uh, some kind of stimulation or even some social validation. Maybe we post something on Facebook and somebody likes it and we get this reward. We get this tiny feeling of good and because of that and because we actually did it this time the next time we get the cue we go to the routine and we get that reward and then we have the cue we go to the routine and we get that reward and there's this habit loop there's this vicious cycle that happens that makes us more prone to shallow work and less prone, it, it reduces our ability to do deep work. Now, I, I'm, I'm wondering now, I'm, because I'm just kind of going on about this topic, but I'm wondering if you identify with this at all. Is it just me that's noticing what, what's happening to us? What's happening to me? Am I just speaking for myself? I don't know. You let me know. Now, the first step (laughs) in this situation, and this is something that I've had to do. The first step is to acknowledge the problem. Now, it may not seem like a problem because, quite frankly, it seems like this is what, this is like 
the norm. This is what everybody seems to be doing, right? But it's still a problem. I've had to face the reality that when it comes to social media, when it comes to technology and so on, I'm addicted. That's just reality. I'm addicted. You know, I looked up the definition of addiction, and the one that I found is um, that I like is from Psychology Today, and it says addiction is a condition that results when a person ingests a substance or engages in an activity that can be pleasurable, but the continuation of which becomes compulsive and interferes with ordinary responsibilities and concerns such as work, relationships, or health. When I look at this definition, you know, I'm in engage I'm in engage I'm engaging in an activity. It is pleasurable and continuing it becomes compulsive. It interferes with my ordinary responsibilities and concerns like work relationship or health it hasn't i don't think it's affected my health but it has affected my my work it has affected my real you know what there's been times when i'm playing with my son and i pick up my phone and i'm on facebook and he will my four-year-old son my four-year-old son will say to me daddy can you put down the phone daddy can you put down the phone and play with me is that interfering with our relationship? At a certain extent, to a certain extent, yes. And that's a brutal reality to face. Is social media, is technology interfering with your work, with your relationships, with your health? Maybe the answer is no for you. And maybe this is just me and I am just ranting because I am messed up. <laughs> I'm the only one on this planet that, that thinks he has a problem. I don't know. So once we've acknowledged the problem, we set a goal. And that goal for me is to increase focus and decrease distraction. I want to talk about some of the science behind this because science, I don't know if you know this, I have a degree in neurobiology. Uh, I used to be a neuroscience professor. Um, and this is, these are, this is actually something that excites me, studying my messed upness <laughs> and the science behind it. It's actually something that intrigues me. So there, uh, the, the late Stanford communications professor, um, Clifford Nask, Clifford Nask, here's what he says. This is what his research shows. When we multitask regularly, now we're talking about multitasking. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on something. I switch over to Facebook. I have 6,500 billion browser tabs open. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm ex exaggerating a little bit, but I have a bunch of browser tabs open. I'm multitasking. Here's what happens. Here's the result of multitasking. It's, it becomes more difficult to filter out what's irrelevant. Larger parts of our brains are active, and it becomes close to impossible to activate a more focused part of our brains, and it becomes harder to concentrate. So I was looking at 
uh, the, the actual research and I, I saw where they had images of the brain scans. Now, when you are, when you are uh, involved in a cognitively demanding process, you, you're, you're working on something and it's taking a lot of processing power in your brain and all that good stuff, if you're not a multitasker, there is one region in the brain that usually lights up. And this is in the prefrontal cortex. This is where a lot of the processing and, and, and the, complex, uh, 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 the complex, complex processing is happening right there in the prefrontal cortex. And when you look at the, the scans, you'd see this part just lighting up in the brain. However... When you're a multitasker, someone that is always do, you know, distracted and all that kind of stuff, instead of just seeing that one little area of the brain lighting up, you actually see a wider area, kind of like a generalized lighting up of the brain, especially in the visual cortex. There's so much processing happening, but that process is spread throughout different parts of the brain. Now, remember what I said earlier about focus. And it's interesting to see how this applies even to what's happening in the brain. When you're able to focus, when, when there's a focused area in the brain that is involved with processing a certain activity, you are better at that activity. It happens much more efficiently, effectively. And when you're in that state of deep work, and that part of the brain that is responsible for deep work is being activated... That is when the magic happens. Now, uh, his research, he continues to, to, to emphasize three things. Uh, there's a technological change that drives the growth of media. Now, you know, we have smartphones and technology is evolving so rapidly that media is just growing. Social media is becoming more and more a part of our everyday lives. Number two, media, as I was saying, media is infiltrating even the intimate aspects of our lives. Even you know, our relationships, even when you're trying to have a discussion with your spouse and you have your phone there and you, you feel that urge, I got to go and check what's going on. And, 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 and what this goes to is the third point, partial media displacement. This is when a new info product or service appears. Uh, it steals time from other info activities and also non-info activities. So in other words, there's new media that's always coming on the stage. But in order, to, I mean, we only have 24 hours in a day. In order to, 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 to use that new media and that new info product, that new uh, uh, media service or whatever the case might be, the time has to come from somewhere. And it's going to steal time from other activities. What is it stealing time from? Now, you know, Thinking through all of this makes me think that if all we're doing is adding and nothing is being taken away, we're setting ourselves up for failure. And what he actually recommends is this. If you add something, subtract something. Because our brains are not built to handle multiple streams. So we have to make choices about what we do with our brains. And here's the fascinating thing about his study. Multitasking actually makes you worse at multitasking. 
The more you spend time multitasking, the harder it is for you to actually switch from one task to the next. So when you actually do need to multitask, being a multitasker actually affects you negatively and you can't do it as well. That's just messed up. You'd think the more you practice this multitasking thing, the better you get at it. But no, the more you practice it, the worse you get at it. Okay, so let's talk about social media specifically. I believe that there are lies that we've been told. As bloggers, I believe that we've been told lies. I've be- I believe that I've perpetuated some of these lies. What are the lies? Two, two lies I want to mention. Number one, being always engaged on social media is being productive. We're bloggers. This is what we do. You know, social media is a big part of what we do. So I got to I got to be always available. And somehow that's being productive. When the research shows that that is actually being counterproductive, that is actually causing you to not get as much done, to not create as much value. So you're spending time doing all these things, browsing all these sites, liking this post and all this kind of stuff, and it's actually reducing your ability to create value. That's one. And number two, you have to be everywhere to be successful. There's a new platform. You got to be on Facebook Live and Periscope and YouTube Live now because they just, they're rolling it out now for everyone on the mobile app. You got to be on all these different platforms. You got to try out OBS and Wirecast and this and that and that. You got to be on Facebook, but you have to be on Twitter because you have to tweet. And then Pinterest is more visual, so your audience needs you there. And your audience is everywhere, so you have to be everywhere. That is not true. It is not true. The more time we spend in distracted work, the less value we create. And you know I'm all about value. Now, here's the interesting thing for me. Being transparent, right? Of all the time that I spend on social media, when I look at the traffic to my blogs, my Become a Blogger uh, site and my Interactive Biology blog, when I look at the traffic, social media is actually responsible for about 5 to 7% of all my traffic. Social media is responsible for 5 to 7% of all of my traffic. Now, you know, this is something that I could do better with. I know that I could do better with. I know how to do better with. But when I look at where I'm actually getting the value, you know, I'm getting more I'm getting way more traffic from the search engines. I'm getting way more traffic from from my email list. I'm getting way more traffic from people referring people to my site. So why am I spending that much time on social media to build my business? Now, I'm not saying I shouldn't because this is something I'm going to continue to do, but it's going to be different. And I want to talk to you about what some of those differences are going to be. Now, what a lot of people do when they hear something like this or read something like this, they get convicted and they say, you know what? And I've done this in the past. I'm going to go on a social media fast. That's it. These people are trying to control our lives. I'm not going to have them control my life. So for the next 30 days, for the next 30 days, I am done with social media. And we do it. And and we have this experience. We read more during that time. We, We spend more time with our families. And we feel like, man, that was the most valuable thing I have ever done. Or maybe it's not a month. Maybe it's a week. And then you know what? When that time is over, we 
jump right back in and we go back all in. <laughs> now, of course, that, that doesn't have to happen. And I, I don't want to be too cynical of that because I do think there is a value in doing a social media fast. But when I look at my life and what I want to accomplish, I do, social, I do see social media as a, an important part of my life. It's a way for me to connect with people. Um, it's a way for me to connect with my family and friends and you guys because, you know what? If my business is all about the business and the numbers and all that good stuff, if it's only about that, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. It has to be, for me, about connecting with people. And, and the value of that sometimes is hard to measure. I love social media, and I plan on continue using it, continuing to use it. But I want to make some changes. So I'm going to spend the rest of this episode talking to you about the changes that I am making. Uh, not saying that these are the changes that you have to make, but I think it's, it's good to share these kind of thoughts, and I would love to know your thoughts. This is episode 295, so becomeablogger.com slash 295. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So here's what I've done. And I don't want I don't want you to to hear this and think to myself think think to yourself, man, this is great, Leslie. Now you have it together. Everything is perfect. No, everything is not perfect. It's still something I'm working on. Still something I struggle with. But man, have I made a lot of progress in the last few weeks? Let me share with you what some of those things are. Number one, or section one, reducing distractions. Here are some of the things that I've done when it comes to reducing distractions. I've turned off all notifications on my phone, on my laptop. If it's not a phone call or an SMS, I don't see notifications. Because what I start to realize is, you know, I'm working on something and I see a notification. Someone just messaged me on Facebook or someone just liked a post or whatever. Now I'm curious Right. So, so in this case, that is the cue. That is the distraction that happens. So I go and I check it out and, oh, this person did that or they sent me this message. Let me respond really quick and then get back to work. And there's an opportunity cost associated with that. It actually takes so much more to get back into that state of flow that you may have been in before. So notifications, gone. No more notifications. I'm recording this right now, and not only are my notifications off, but my phone is in airplane mode because I don't want it. I don't want the distractions. So that's number one. Notifications gone. Number two, this is something that I've done. I deleted social media from my phone. I just got rid of all the apps. Facebook, gone. Twitter, gone. Pinterest, Pinterest I didn't get rid of, but I'll tell you why. I don't really spend a lot of time on on Pinterest, but every so often I'm doing some research and I like to be able to do that. It do, I mean, this is like once every few weeks. So it, it, that was not a problem for me. So I kept Pinterest on my phone. But Facebook, Twitter, gone. They're no longer on my phone. Now, when I initially do, did this, I noticed that um, I was having some issues with it because whenever I went to, to go live on Facebook to do you know one of my weekly shows on, on Facebook Live, I realized that, wait a minute, I need to check my comments. So every week for like two or three weeks before I went live, I had to download the app and then uh, you know, delete the app again. And it got very annoying. But I have an old phone, an old Android phone that I decided, you know what, I'm going to keep social media on that phone because I don't use it. 
And when I'm going live, I'm just going to pull that phone out and use that. But in terms of the phone that I have on me, no more social media on there. I still check Facebook. But when I, I, I'm, when I want to check Facebook, I have to be more intentional. I go to my laptop, and my laptop is usually downstairs in my office, and I go and check what I want to check, and then I go back upstairs. This has made my afternoons and evenings when I'm with my kids so much more enjoyable, so much less distraction, so much less, <laughs> significantly less distractions than before. And my kids, I think they notice it. Okay, so deleted social media from my phone. And I have a second phone for those apps for when I'm doing live streams. I schedule my interruptions. Because you know what? I don't want to check Facebook. I don't want to check email and those types of things. So I schedule it. I work for a certain amount of time. You know, what I do, generally speaking, is, um, well, I'll talk about the Pomodoro technique in terms of what I, um, one of the techniques I use for being focused. Um, but I, I might take a break at noon and check social media before I go and have lunch. So I schedule those interruptions so that I can focus more during the time when I'm actually supposed to be working. And number, number four in this reducing distractions thing, I focus on one social network now. I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to be on Periscope. I'm not trying to be on Twitter actively. I mean, I'm, I am on all these platforms, but I'm not on there actively. It's not a part of my everyday strategy. Now, this may not be the smartest thing to do because you know what? What if everything changes for Facebook and that's where all my engagement was and all of a sudden now I have no more engagement? That's a risk that I'm taking. But you know what I'm not risking? My sanity. <laughs> I'm not risking uh, 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 having to be everywhere and feeling distracted as much as I have in the past. So everything else is there. I have accounts everywhere, but I focus on one. And some of the other things, I'm going to outsource that in the future because the truth is I don't get that much traffic from all these different platforms anyhow. Okay, so that's in terms of reducing distractions. Those are some of the things that I've, I felt the need that I had to do in order for me to reduce distractions in my life. And since doing that, man, I got to tell you, I feel so much more value in other aspects of my life, like when I'm spending time with my family. And for me, that is more important than my business. My family is more important than my business. And I'm not ashamed of that. If I got to choose between the two, if one has to go, which... Hopefully, it will never be the case. But if one has to go, it has to be business. Okay. Now, in terms of when I'm working, so let's talk about the focused work, the deep work. There are two things that I'm currently doing that, man, when I do this, it changes the game and I get so much more done. It's what I'm doing right now. This podcast episode that I'm recording, it's a part of the time when I'm doing focused work. Two things. Number one, the Pomodoro Technique. Pomodoro technique is a great technique that I've heard about for a while and I've tried off and on. But what it involves is having a period of focused work followed by a short break. Now, some people do 25 minutes work and and five minute break. I do 45 minutes work and 15 minute break. So what happens is I have a timer that's running. I'm using an app on my phone called Tide. There are all kinds of Pomodoro technique apps out there for Android and iPhone. But the one I'm using on iPhone 
is on iOS is tied and it allows me to set the number of um, the, the length of the focus time, the length of the break, the number of cycles that you want to go through, and then you can just go. And once I see that that timer starts, I know that nothing should come between me and that work for the next 45 minutes, and I get so much more done. That's number one. Number two is more like a protective mechanism. And there's an app on, the, on, on Mac that's called Self-Control. And what you can do with that app is you basically say, okay, I want to put Facebook on my list. I want to put Twitter on my list. I want to put all of these sites that distract me on this list. And when I say I am working for the next 45 minutes or the next, actually, if I'm doing, if I'm starting in the morning, I might say for the next three hours, I don't want to be able to access those sites. There is literally nothing that I can do, nothing that I know how to do at least, um, besides like formatting my hard drive that will allow me to get to the website. If I go to facebook.com while this is activated, it will act as if Facebook does not exist. It will say the page cannot be found. (laughs) And that's just a way for me. You know, it just keeps me, uh, you know, if I know there's nothing I can do to check it, then I won't even be tempted to check it. So that's what I do here. Now, in terms of stopping work, let's talk about that because I think that's, that's another big part because what I found is I would be done with work, quote unquote, but every so often while I'm hanging out with my family, I'd really quick go and do that one little thing of work that I needed to do, especially because I work from home. You know, because I work from home, I could work at any time, which is awesome. But it's terrible because because I work from work, I can w- work from home. I can do I can work at any time. It's 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 a it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so here's what I do. My workday ends at three o'clock, and when it's done. It's done, generally speaking. Now, sometimes I have specific things that I have to do at different times, like a webinar that I'm doing or a training session or whatever the case might be. But generally speaking, 3 o'clock, I'm done, and there's no more work until the next day. And that's a beautiful thing. When I'm finished working, I'm done with work. I'm done with email. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And that makes life so much more peaceful. It's a beautiful thing. Now, once again, I'm, I, don't, I can't claim to do this perfectly, but I'm so much better than I used to be. And for me, progress is what I'm looking for. Progress, not perfection. I will never be perfect, not on this side of eternity. Progress, not perfection. Okay, some miscellaneous things that I'm also doing. Um, single function devices. You know, one of the things, I, I said this a number of times, a number of times, but I'm doing a lot of reading right now. And I use the Kindle app. So I have an iPad and it has the Kindle app and all that good stuff. But what I notice is if I'm using an iPad and I'm reading on my Kindle app, it's so easy for me to switch over to something else like Facebook or Facebook or that book of faces. (laughs) It's so easy to get distracted when your device can do so many things. So what I did I just got, well, I, I had a Kindle before and it broke and I just ordered a new one because I, I'm, I, I'm loving the reading that I'm doing. So I have my Kindle and all I can do with my Kindle is guess what? Read. So at night in the evenings, I read and I, and I, and I am more relaxed. There's not a bunch of stimuli coming in my direction from all kinds of places. I'm just reading and it's a beautiful thing. 
And number two, for some of the miscellaneous, for the miscellaneous things that I'm doing, I'm just watching less TV. Because one of the things that I've also noticed, and one, this is one of the things that the book emphasizes, is that TV is kind of like stimulus overload. The, the, the screen is changing every, source of every few seconds, and because of the way the TV is constructed, you know, when I am in a building or I'm outside in nature or whatever the case might be, there's light coming from everywhere. It's being reflected off the trees, off the ground, off the cars, and so on. And because that light is entering my eye and going to the retina and activating the rods and the cones and then sending signals all the way to the visual cortex and all that good, oh, this gets me excited. Because all of that is happening, I see it, but the light is actually coming from all over. Now, when I'm watching a TV, there's a tube in front of me that is literally aiming all the lights directly into my eyes, and it's constant flashing and so on, and as a result of this, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Maybe you do this. I do this, um, but I notice it a lot with my son. When he starts to watch the TV, it's as if he goes into a trance. And it has him so captivated that sometimes you could wave your hand in front of his face and he doesn't even see you. And there's a high-intensity stimulus and stimulus switching and all that good stuff that's happening. And that actually, all of this stuff that we're talking about actually rewires the brain. And for someone that has studied the brain and have literally cut brains, many brains open and looked at how things are connected and all that good stuff, anything that rewires the brain is something that I want very limited exposure to, if any at all. So I, I've decided to cut down on my, my TV watching. So I watch TV once or twice a week as opposed to every day. And a combination of all these things this is literally changing the game for me. I'm able to focus more. I'm able to get more work done. I'm able to actually do deep work. And I'm trying to strengthen that ability more and more and more. So that's what I'm doing. This episode is not about me saying, hey, listen, social media is messing you up. This is what I'm doing, and this is what you should do. No, that's, that's really not what it's about. It's kind of me opening a dialogue. I want to know your thoughts. I'm sharing with you what I've seen as some of my struggles and what I'm trying to do about it. You may have some ideas, and you may have something to add. And if that's the case, go ahead and let me know. Come over to becomeablogger.com slash 295. Now, I have a question that I want to end. Um, actually, two questions. It's kind of like a follow-up on each other. Um, question number one, I want to know, do you struggle with this too? I mean, is it, is it really just me? Am I the weird dude that has this messed up addiction or whatever the case might be? Or do you struggle with this too? I'm, I'm literally very curious about this so that's question number one and question number two if it if it is something you struggle with what steps are you taking to fix the problem like are you doing anything about it after or after listening to this episode do you think you're gonna do something about it i want to know 
So come on over and let me know. Episode number 295. Becomeablogger.com slash 295. Man, <clears throat> this, was a, this was a different one. It wasn't a how to do something in nine steps or whatever the case might be. But I hope you got some value from it. Becomeablogger.com slash 295. Come on and let me know. Hey, one, one call to action for you. Um, if you want to take your blogging business to the next level and you want to kind of plan out where you're going with your content is that something you want to do because i think it's a good idea (laughs) because you got to decide what kind of content you're creating um is it going to be random do you have a plan well i created a spreadsheet there's a spreadsheet for that (laughs) my blog content calendar spreadsheet it'll help you plan out your content for the entire year in a way that helps set you up for blogging success go to bloggingspreadsheet.com bloggingspreadsheet.com say no to random content and only create content that will help you meet your goal so this is leslie summer here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time and until next time take care and god bless Oh, wait, let me sing the number. 888-835-2414. Ha, <laughs> ha.